up, guys? Owen here from The Professional Builder, and welcome to the show. We've been working with residential building companies since 2004, and in that time, we would have helped over 2,000 build in better resilience, more profit, more time into their business, giving them true wealth. If you're here and you're looking for systems and processes, the ability to hold and retain the best people and do the best projects at the best profit margins, then you're in the right place. That's what we specialize in, and it's what we share on this show. We interview great guests, great members, great industry professionals and we bring all of those insights and lessons and learnings to you here so if you like the show please like and subscribe comment and share with your friends if you think that there's somebody that would benefit from this insight then share it along with them we don't have ads on here we don't really do any promotional stuff all we want is for you to get the best value and you can do that and give us feedback and give us the fuel to keep it going by liking commenting and sharing What is up, guys? How you doing? Fantastic. Great to be back. Uh, good to see your smiling face, Owen. And David, great to have you here, my man. Thank you, mate. Good to good to touch base. Hope you had a good time on the GC. Um, yeah, and Owen, thank you very much for pushing me to get into this and team this one up. So thank you. Yeah, too good. It's great to have you on, David. So uh, I'll let you introduce yourself in just a moment, but I've been following you online. I've been looking at your stuff. Uh, I think you give out some really good value around the pricing, pricing process, um so i thought hey we're all about you know giving the good stuff away on the podcast why don't we get you on and uh chew the fat on how people can improve their pricing process so they can make more money buy back their time and uh make sure that they deliver profitable projects so david give us a rundown uh, who are you where are you from what's your forehand backhand sort of configuration <laughs> and uh why are you here sweet man thank you very much um, yeah, cool. So I'm 30, living in Auckland at the moment. Uh, started in Monganui, went to school with New Plymouth boys, ventured off overseas, played a bit of tennis, uh, started back up in Queenstown, took a couple of big L's against a couple of big housing contractor guys, lost, you know, north of 150k. That was horrible. Continued sort of on the route. I did, really didn't want to give up and I really didn't want to have to like liquidate a company. That was like a huge thing I wanted to avoid. So yeah, got back into Auckland, um, linked up with a guy that was mad on um, SEO, how to win projects, uh, what people were searching online and how to sort of like beat the competition. So got stuck into that and essentially the guts of it for three years is I pretty much just went nuts on sales and marketing. We were generating like 100 leads a month, um, closing 30, average job value anywhere from five to 25,000. And I did lose, like I definitely lost money on projects. I remember there was a partial bathroom renovation in Remuera lost $350 on an 8k bathroom and I was like fuck this sucks man so after that that's when I was just throwing zero line item quotes out like building labor materials sub trades PNGs and then I thought nah man there's got to be a way to sort of make more money and like be able to track these costs so man literally just took a couple of courses online like how to work spreadsheets and use spreadsheets I'm a pretty simple guy and then yeah, just got real hungry into like breaking down projects into every single task, like from a builder's background, um, literally from like in my first line item, you know, I have, you know, uh, pricing time, first site visit, meet with client. And even if I don't get that a lot over the line for that one client, if I've allowed four hours um, per client at $90 and I send out 100 estimates a month, but I only win 30, well, I'm billing out 30, 30 jobs at four hours per job, 120 hours. So that's the way I looked at it. Um, yeah, so now uh, still involved in our building business, uh, running Rapid QS full time. We've got like six contractors. It's going really well. 
and yeah, just trying to help builders make more money, man. Um, move off the charge up stuff, uh, make more money on fixed price and try and, you know, not leave the door unless they're making, I don't know, $1,000 on a small job a day. That, I reckon that's the dream. Absolutely. We, we preach that minimum 20% GP and definitely fixed price over charge up, but quite often you'll have to do multiple charge up guys to understand how long you guys will take per stage what are the factors you could be, should be considering in the project and really get your numbers dialed in with your project management. Otherwise, you can take big L's, as you've seen, doing fixed price contracts without doing the yeah. back-end management. Yeah, yeah. You get to win or you learn, right? Uh, you know, and there's nothing quite like the scar tissue of losing money to make you go, fuck this, I need to make some money and really build a bulletproof process for pricing for profit. And there's a three-tier system with taking those L's like the, the ones you did, David. Where, you know, First, you take a loss, you internalize it, you look at what went wrong, what did we fuck up, what are we not following? Next, so first you have to internalize, you have to go, something's not working the way that I want it to or the way that it could or the way that it should. The next L is learn. So you then have to set about being in a learning state to go, okay, I'm here. What does success look like? What does there look like in terms of pricing, for example? If pricing is one of the key areas that we need to plug and improve in our business. And the last L is for Lambo. When am I going to buy my Lambo and who am I buying it from? And exactly. race down the Gold exactly. Coast. So so we did a training, uh, referral marketing training uh, in depth last week for our members. And the number one, when I said, what's the biggest problem in your business was pricing, the number one issue. And typically these guys with truckloads of plans stacked up on their desks that they are not getting to, then they're not getting in time. And part of that is procrastination because they don't have a good efficient system. Part of it is that they're not confident in their, in their pricing process. And part of it is that it takes, you know, anywhere from 40 to 80 hours to price a decent sized job. So I would love to hear your feedback a little bit on process that you go through and how you, what you can do mindset-wise once you've got a better process to improve the um, time it takes to price. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just want to touch on one little top. So when you were you know, saying about guys getting stacks of plans on their desks, I, I definitely fell into the trap when I was uh, young and I was getting a little bit obsessed with Instagram. It was who was pricing the biggest projects on their Instagram. And I thought, fuck yeah, if I can show I'm building 20 townhouses, I look like the man. But I tell you what, like when you get into those jobs and especially when you start to see the terms of trade and the conditions stacked against the builder, and if you're not that smart and you just sign up to that shit, no good, man. So anyway, that that's when I, yeah, I just wanted to get out of that 10% margin stuff. And I'm like, nah, you've got to be making like good money for your, for your job, eh? And especially with building, man, it's like a dying breed. So it's like, these guys need to be stuff. So I see like every day we get the inquiry of, hey, mate, I've been seeing your stuff online. Um, it's either A, we're an established building company. Uh, we have too many plans on our desk, as you said, Marty, we don't have time to price it. Or B, I'm a new builder, just gone out on my own, just been sent these set of plans. I really don't know where to fucking start or what to do. So for us, I suppose in our system is like, same thing as the builders. We've got like a certain kind of job. We have fixed rates on what we're going to charge to price the job. We know roughly how many hours it's going to take us to, to price that job. We have like a lot of pre-save like spreadsheets. So if we're, um, if I'm a builder uh, and I know I just target new builds. I just invest in like using a QS once to price that new build in a full takeoff and then put some time in on the second one. Like if you're constantly just going for the duplex dwellings, 
um, concrete slab, two story, weatherboard. There's usually six to eight doors in them, uh, one kitchen, three bedrooms. Get a QS to price it once, and then you've got that data like for the next 10 lot of duplex townhouses. And I'm all about like, I just, depends what they want out of their building business. Like if they don't want to be pricing or they don't want to train someone and hire someone in the business to price, by all means, use a QS. Like you might spend 40K a year on contractor costs instead of $100,000 employing a quantity surveyor. Boom, awesome. Or if you want to hire someone and you can teach that person how to price within the business, that's a, another huge win as well. A big thing with that comes down to refining your labor recipes by stage for each aspect of the project so you can actually get close to what the QS has you know, dictated. So yeah, what would you say there? Because there's heaps of different approaches to that from have the foreman incentivized or even have the foreman have a crack at by stage to getting fixed price labor contract um, from subcontractors to minimize your risk to, well, there's so many different ways that you can improve this yeah. process from having a construction manager who actually goes through, not only does he price the job, but he also does the project management. And then you get closer to within 5% by stage and overall over the project. What, what do you see or ways that you can dial in with the QS? Because typically it might take about five projects to get really dialed in with how long each stage is taking. Good. Yeah, good call, man. I mean, shit, sub-trades, you can get fixed prices, so that's easy. <clears throat> Materials, the prices aren't going to fluctuate in a matter of a day. But yeah, labor is is honestly the hardest one. And I mean, still being involved in our business, like, shit, I'll, there'll, there'll be jobs where I'll still underestimate labor and there'll be something that I can't see or I haven't seen or, yeah. Um, estimating labor, I find, is just not 100% bulletproof. But I always just think for me, from a building background, I'm always just like, how long would this take me? Times it by two. Um, and then we've got room to negotiate. In, in regards of looking after your labor hours or protecting, 100%. Uh, how, depends how you lay out your, how you've laid out your business, how you've laid out your structure. The fixed price model, I think, Absolutely. is the, the best model. Um, you've got 50 hours to get to slab. If you can do it in 40, I'll pay you for 45. Um, or you have that foreman role who's managing two to three projects and it's just pushing along, whether it's a renovation, four weeks, getting it to closed in. Once again, if you can do it in three, you can get a bonus. What safety margin are you typically allowing? So 25, 33%, like what? Yeah, good question. So if I know if a building company comes to us and, and we ask them, what what do you charge your guys out at? 65, 75. The next question is, what are you paying your guys? So we roughly know, say if they're paying them $30 an hour on wages, that might work out to what is whatever the percentage is. It might be 40 or 45 on contract. I know if we're pricing their hours at 75, they've essentially got, you know, two hours for one there until they're losing money. So any job, any items that come up as tricky, like site set out, not tricky, we won't put a margin on. But if we're, say, doing like recladding and we'll break down into second story, we might put a 15% labor um, percentage on top of recladding the second story, time moving up scaffolding, cutting, passing materials up, taking tools up, um, that stuff where you can lose a lot of hours. So any tasks that are like uh, a little bit fiddly, know that there's going to be more time taken or unforeseen or travel time. Um, well, I'll always add on a 15 to 20% buffer on that $75 an hour labor charge out. So essentially for tricky items, you could have 90 to $100 an hour and the building company's paying out, you know, 30 or 40. So there's quite a lot of time there. I like to try and allow for those tasks. And this is obviously a lot easier with new builds. Renovations? Yeah. How do you work with builders as an outsource QS? Because you don't know whether it's a carpenter, 
a fully a fully qualified chippy and apprentice do it, or two apprentices doing it, or the foreman who's a gun who's been doing it for twenty years. That's it, mate. It's hard. So we've been pricing for a guy in Wellington for over a year. We would have done thirty or forty jobs for him. We're pretty dialed in now, and we sort of know how he works with his crew. And like we're pre-construction estimators. I don't want to get into like during construction or post-construction. Purely just we don't have the resources to do that. But um, I just know the more we work with a company, the more feedback I get from that. Either I sometimes work with the project manager of that business, um, and I'll work in with him and say we you know price a couple of jobs. We'll have a chat before during after the project if it's six to eight weeks and we'll try and get a real good sense of how our labor hours are working the way we work them out now is obviously we just apply like the national constant labor rate versus uh, the time and then we'll put 15 or 20 percent on but like you said man labor is very hard to dictate you don't know if we if i had enough time to go into every single crew and every single company that inquires for us for a price breakdown we'd know everything but yeah, we simply don't have the time. So, yeah, any areas where they're tricky, we'll just add more margin on or more hours. Um, yeah, labor's the toughest one, unfortunately. So with regards to that, so we just brought up variations, change orders for guys in terms of pricing those because a lot of guys, well, some companies operate as if they're a variations company and they'll price the job lower knowing that they're in, got the job, and then the client's not going anywhere else. Um Yeah. Yeah, what do you see around that, and what? Because some some of our guys will also price variations higher than the initial rate because they know they've got it. Um, I suppose with our takeoffs, um, I try if I can in the sheet say we'll just keep it real fucking simple. If we're just going to price a bathroom and we're stripping out, redoing, and I'm allowing anywhere from eighty eight to one hundred labor hours, I'm pretty much going to include um, an additional day to frame out rotten timbers in the behind the walls. And I'll allow an additional day and a half to take out the joists, redo the joists, redo plywood flooring. So if I can, and depending on the project, I will include what I think is going to be tagged out with rough time. I'll literally put that in as a, as a PC sum. And I always like to either let the builder or the client know, hey, listen, seven to eight times out of 10, this cost is most likely going to incur. incur. So the builder's got that data there. It's up to them whether they want to submit that in their price or whether they want to hide those two columns, add them down the bottom, tag out rotten flooring, tag out rotten. What areas are you typically tagging out? Uh, anything I can't see, anything that I can't predict. So anything behind walls I can't really see. Um, earthworks is the hardest one as well. Um, digging post holes for decks, fuck man. Come across some volcanic rock in Royal Oak or One Tree Hill or something and you haven't tagged that out and you've got three days on a fucking rock breaker. You know, you can easily lose yeah, 800 bucks there. <laughs> yeah, I think variations are tough. What do you guys see in regards to builders doing that? Do they tag it out? Do they estimate it? Mainly earthworks will be tagged out, anything they can't see. Yeah. Also, I'll, I'll, Marty, variations to architects. I think that's a tough one. And I'm not talking about when they come in and make the change. It's more if an architect or an engineer comes in during the project, a builder's got four guys on site. Say they come in at 4 p.m. on a Monday and make a change, and then no one can do any work for three days. Like, who suffices that cost for four guys for three days off site? That's one that, oh man, how does a QS estimate that? <laughs> Absolutely. And this is where having your overhead recovery margin in there, so that, and also clauses in your contract, so that you're not liable, but the client is for any uh, contract works insurance, scaffolding delays, etc., that happen because the change is made by the client. So if you don't have that clause, you're going to be eating that cost. Mm. 
yeah yeah absolutely i suppose yeah that one uh, i don't know if we put that into unforeseen but um yeah any changes usually in our terms of trade any changes to the project or changes from an outside consultant is, is strictly on you know repricing we just strictly yep. have that on charge up from the get-go uh the amount of times we get sent you know drawings and then they change and the builder comes back and asks for an update on drawings and they kind of sometimes expect that for free and i'm like man more labor hours here i just say would you go and take the beam out you just installed and put in a new beam just because of change of plans like i think that's the biggest thing is communication being clear what is the contract what are the inclusions what are the exclusions what actually constitutes a variation or a change order and then being clear with the client that hey yeah we're happy to do them but it might take us three to five days to go away get price from subcontractors etc this can hold up the project if you are constantly making these changes. Now we're either going to have to charge you for that last time, or we're going to have to charge you an admin fee if you don't go ahead with any of these variations because we're still going to price it up. We've still got overheads and admin that we need to pay for. Yeah, true. Would you say variations are like one of the biggest killers on profit margins for, for builders? Only if you don't do them right. They're also one of the greatest profit maximizers if you have a process. And the whole process should be that you welcome them, you frame them up at the beginning, not to uh, use a bit of a pun there. You frame them up at the beginning, how it's going to work if they go ahead. You take them through the process. You say that, hey, anything below 1000 bucks or 500 bucks, we're going to go ahead with, as long as you agree with it. We'll sit so that it doesn't slow the project down. We'll sign it off on a Wednesday every week. We'll submit, you know, we'll submit change orders through so the project can keep going. So I think as long as you frame it up with a simple process, you make them aware exactly aware of what the inclusions what the exclusions are and where it goes off track is typically your foreman may not be aware of this so pre-construction meeting massively in depth getting your foreman involved with the labor hours the takeoffs uh, and your sub trades early on get him very clear on the scope of works and have him incentivized out the back of it and also by capturing the variations bring the job in under under budget, under labor hours, and to a great quality. Now, with that comes great communication. And if you do have builder trend or project management, that'll help massively. But even if you don't, it's about framing up the expectations, the process of project management, how variations will be handled, how they'll be priced, how they'll be signed off each week, and what happens if they don't go ahead. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I've also learned in uh, breaking down labor literally to the item is it's very clear when you send a job sheet through to your through to your builder. Uh, so they've got, you know, 15 to 20 line items of labor. And it's like if the client is there and they ask them to do something, the builder can refer back to their labor breakdown. And it might be, you know, they're changing um, 10 items of uh, aluminum joinery. And then the, the client goes, oh, hey, can you come and, um, you know, hang the fucking dryer on the wall or something? The builder can refer back to the sheet and be like, oh, I don't see hang a dryer on this wall. <laughs> Come back to the client or the, the project manager, building company owner and say, hey, they're asking me to do this. I feel like that's a, that's a big one too. We try and get guys running Absolutely. to an exact scope. Um, and I know builders that price with us, you know, they've, we try and zone out all of our works as well. So I'll keep it easy if they're doing a, um, a kitchen, bathroom and a deck extension. They'll literally get three um, three sheets worth of data back, you know, deck, bathroom, and kitchen. So they've got, you know, all their labor, all the materials, all their subtrades for each section. Um, they can see total costs, total breakdowns, and it's uh, easy to read. Perfect. What what tips have you got for getting prices back from subtrades quicker? <sighs> yeah, good one, mate. Obviously, I'm, I don't want to promote that they should just be playing off subbies of against each other to get um, cheaper prices. Yeah, <laughs> but I think... Um, I think like uh, relationship building with clients is huge. I feel like if 
if you treat your sub trade like an employer, um, you you know you pay them every single week like they do. You don't hold their payments. You agree to their payment terms, obviously as long as they're within reason. Um, I mean, if I was a sub trade and a builder paid me every single week, I'd see them as an employer. And if they came to me on a Thursday and said, "Hey, can you get this quote out by a Friday?" Shit, I know I'm getting paid a deposit on the Monday if I win it over the weekend. Yeah, I think if you're a main contractor builder, pay your subbies on time, um, pay them well. Don't always try and shaft them down for more money. Yeah, um, I, I see subbies as much of a risk as new employees, um, especially on the back end classroom. Absolutely. We've just been going over this in, in our boardroom program with our boardroom members as subcontractor agreements and then the terms of trade on your purchase orders with them. Yeah. Got any, uh, got any tips around that? Um, purchase orders. I think um, I'll keep it easy for decorators. I think that's the biggest one, square meters. Um, I, I always think square meters are a big one and then you can always refer back to a rate. Yeah, same as same as joinery, having a certain amount of items in there, uh, keeping the detail clean and clear. Plumbers, uh, you're disconnecting and reconnecting three units here. Um, I just think the more detail you can go into on sheets and pricing sheets, a purchase order will follow. There's no reason for them to be plumbing out five units when the sheet's only allowed for three. <laughs> That's my tips anyway. We talked earlier about fixed price versus charge up a lot of, a lot of pros and cons um and obviously you want to work toward if you are doing charge up you will make way more money doing fixed price contract so yeah can you talk just a little bit on the benefits of fixed price and and also the fish hooks and that people what they can do to work towards it if they currently are doing um charge up or cost plus yeah for sure i'm a big advocate for fixed price i think it's um i think every good tradesman every good person in the industry should be getting paid for their value not their time so you know, if you're really good and you can bang a thousand dollar job out in half a day, I mean, you should you should be getting paid thousand dollars for half a day, not seventy five, eighty five dollars an hour. If you are working on charge up, say for, I mean, I took this route. I when I first started, I went down the kind of recruitment style model. So I pretty much just had ten guys on commercial sites for say fifty five an hour, pay them thirty five, clip the ticket. But then within that, every single week, I was just trying to win one job at fixed price, whether it was a small bathroom renovation a small retaining wall, a small deck. Um, that's what I'd be trying to do. So if you're on charge up at the moment and you've got a few guys, my suggestion would be start off real small, try and win one deck project or one job under $10,000 and try and make 30%, 30 or 40%. Just that's my suggestion. Start off small, go for one a month then go for one a week, up the numbers. And have an exhaustive check pricing checklist of everything that you should have in PNG. Yeah. Everything in materials. Yeah, can you speak a little bit to that, particularly about uh, P&G, what you put in there and how you frame it up to the client, particularly with regards to travel and other light items? For sure. I had this uh, conversation with a lady today. She called me and said, oh, uh, I want to do these things. You know, do you do free quotes? I said, unfortunately not, man. And then she kind of elaborated on it. It was like a three-minute convo. And she said, how do you justify charging for a site visit? And my literal first question was, how am I going to get to your house? Um, and then and she said, oh, I assume you've got a car. I said, well done. <laughs> and um, and um, <laughs> guess, guess what the car needs? <laughs> Ooh, have you driven past BP recently? Fuck, I set a world record. I took Kelly's car to um, $317. Oh, okay. What the hell does she drive? Porsche Cayenne GTS. <laughs> a tank, oh, a yeah, tank. yeah. Block that bit out, mate. He's yeah, yeah. from the GC. <laughs> um. PNGs, mate. Like, yeah. Once again, my first line item, man, is uh, pricing time and initial visit. Uh, every builder's got to do a site visit. Every builder's got to shake a hand. Let's just say you're living central. Um, it's got to be a minimum of like two hours, eh? 
uh, half an hour travel wherever you live, that's Auckland. Um, half an hour each way, there's an hour, hour on site, and then at least an hour or two hours back in the office, depending on the size of the job. So I'm always allowing, you know, um, pricing time, travel, um, that's going to be a minimum of four to $500, depending on the job. Um, all those other things as well, like I don't put down to the mobile phone, but vehicle charges, I'm going to roughly work out if it's going to take a builder a three-week job, I'm putting in uh, 15 trips, Monday to Friday, five a week times three at $25, $35. I don't really go off that national government rate, 97 cents or whatever the fuck it is. I kind of just work out how much does it feel to cost your truck up a week, um, how many tanks you're going to use, and then add on 30 or $40 a week for all the servicing stuff. Um, yeah, depending on the size of the job, scaffolding costs I usually put in there, um, port project management, administration. So like I know if we run a... $200,000 renovation, man, the biggest killer is the council stuff. Um, if it, you know, the clients are not going to be doing council stuff. So every job we price with builders, CCC application, like minimum $1,000. Um, site inspections, I'm putting minimum two hours at the foreman's rate or the highest rate for that company. Um, I stack all of those stuff in, in P&G. Um, and then process administration time in the office, uh, sending invoices, chasing up subbies, uh, chasing up quotes, five hours a week. Uh, minimum so png i just try and think of all those items that you can't really build into uh yeah you're building labor or your sub trades and and break those down that's the biggest pit that i see a lot of people miss like in terms of a pricing checklist and putting together that the, those pngs around the administration the contracts administration the council uh sort of stuff that's the biggest thing that people miss like do, you know we've got a pricing checklist that includes a bunch of that stuff uh, is there anywhere else that you see people just, you know, not even realizing that they're missing stuff? Yeah, man. I, I think it's um also like the thing that gets me the most is when clients come back and say, uh, you know, what is this for? And do we have to include it? It's like, well, who's going to do like all the phone calling and the chasing and the organizing? Um, I know a lot of builders struggle with the kickback and the question is, you know, how do we justify this if the client asks? I just say to them, well, hey, I don't have to do project management. Do you know a project manager that will do it? Or can you go and find a project manager that will do it? Or can I use your vehicle to travel to site with a bit of sarcasm? <laughs> it's also that mindset shift around like you're there. If you're a builder, you're there to build it. You're not there to finance it. You shouldn't be upset, nervous or concerned around presenting like a true, fair and accurate price to the client. You know, if either their scope works or their budget needs to change, you can't be building champagne taste to a beer budget you got to shift one of those things scope of works down or budget up you know and you shouldn't be doing work for free just because you know they've got great taste but i was listening to a call from one of our um new members coming on board during the week did 1.7 million dollars in revenue for twenty four thousand dollars in profit and as he said he'd be better off going fishing Absolutely. 24 grand. Yeah, 100%. So you either, if you're not happy with where you're at, you got some options. You can either go, shit, this isn't working. I need to find a better way. What does that look like? Who, who's doing things in a well systemized manner to get what's possible? Because the big thing is getting out of that mindset of, well, I can't charge for my quotes or my action plan because no one else might, or I'm in a small town, insert XYZ, or you can't charge that round here. And what they're lacking is, reference point for people who are doing it well who are making that sort of money and also the systems and processes to if you've got shit lead flow and shit deal flow and a crap sales process 
then you are going to struggle. And the main thing will happen is you end up competing on price. So what would you, yeah, sorry, you go, Dave. Um, no, I was just going to say, I, I sort of had a question for you, but then I was just going to sort of make it into a bit of a statement. Um, uh, what I see in my question was, do you guys see more people coming into the system for you guys as guys that are struggling or doing well? Because what I get is, is people coming in that are doing quite well and now they're, uh, they're able to up the amount of jobs that they're chasing. And now they realize they don't have time to price. Not saying these guys have known how to price, but they're just looking for like a supplement on how perfect guy, the guy in Wellington, wants to go from 200 grand a week of quotes sent out to 400. He's like, how do I get there? I don't want to employ a QS. These guys have been with me for a year. How do we double the amount of work we're doing with them? He puts us on a retainer and then he's obviously, we've done enough work, he can trust our numbers. Um, but yeah, that's a prime example of guys wanting yeah. to sort of, they're doing well, they've got a reputation, they're getting sent more plans. How do they get the quotes out faster? We normally see people fall into a couple of different camps. They're either like a third, a third, a third, I would argue. And it's like, you know, a third of them are crushing it and they're wanting to go to the next level. They're like, you know, turning over eight to 12 and they want to, you know, put a management team in place, buy their time back significantly so that they can do other businesses or other opportunities, developments, house and land, whatever that might look like, get the show home up and running and things. Uh, and for those people, it's really like an internal um, level up around a better process or bring somebody in at that top, be part of that management team. Uh, you know, a third would be fed up of doing it. <laughs> you know, they've learned how to yeah, run yeah, the business based on the back of how their old man or their previous employer was doing it, which was, you know, you know, 10% town or, you know, this is just the way that it used to work. So, you know, and they're fed up of there's got to be a better way, you know, and then there's a third that, you know, come around because maybe some parts are rocking and rolling, they've got heaps of deal flow or they can do excellent projects or they've got a great team, but there's been an event. And the event has like caused them to put their hand up and go, this needs to change. And that event's either like one job has really shat the bed. They're about to have a newborn and they go, I can't keep working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. I'm going to have a family now. Or a key member has upped and left or insert life-changing event here sort of thing. You know, that's kind of what, what I would see. You know, a third rock and rolling, a third needing help and a third, you know, had one uh, instance. And it's typically in two main areas. So one, they usually have a knowledge gap. So they don't know key strategies in either sales and marketing, team and systems, or numbers and pricing. Or two, there's a time constraint. So they know what to do, but they're not implementing it, they're not executing it, and they're not getting the results from it. So we help them to achieve what they could try and figure out in four to five years on their own through trial and error. We can help them achieve in 12 months worth a community of like-minded building company owners that are charging ahead, motivated, one-to-one -one coaching to keep them on track, and then lastly, plug-and-play best practice content to what's working right now in every area of their business. Yeah. So how can someone best work with an external QS like yourself to get fast, er, well, rapid QS, what's the name? And more accurate pricing, I guess, is the more the important part. Yeah, man. Um, I, I mean, I think I've done this in, in so many videos, man. I just like uh, phone calls are really, really good with guys. And I love how they get enthusiastic and they're like, fuck yeah, this guy's going to help me make heaps of money, blah, blah, blah. They talk to me on the phone and they start telling me about everything. And I'm like, man, we need to chuck that in writing. Um, at the moment, I'm trying to visualize what you're telling me. 
literally, man, the easiest thing for guys to do, and I say this all the time, send me through an info pack, attach the plans, let me know your scope. Guys just send through a set of plans and they're like, cool, can you price this up for me? How much? I'm like, what are we doing? Are we, are we doing a full contract? Are we doing a partial contract? Is it a labor only? Have you got your sub-trade quotes? Like, has, have you got a material takeoff from Bunnings? Um, I always say, man, the more information you give me, the better I'll get your price. Um, if you give me fuck all info, I'm going to give you a real non-accurate price. If you give me a shitload of info, I've got no reason to give you a shit price. So I'm always just like, flick me an email. Um, we're guaranteed to get back with you within half a working day. Um, send me a full scope package. Uh, I need plans. If you've got any site photos, that's awesome. Uh, and a mobile number so I can call you. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Love it. And we, we almost always like to give as much value to our listeners, our podcast listeners, our members, and everyone out there in our community. What can you offer to our listeners, to our members, um, in terms of, you know, uh, some sort of deal of working with you? Because we, we have a truckload of members that do use your services. And also there might be a lot of listeners that are interested in getting in touch uh, and you know, working with you. Cool. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll think about this one on the spot, but uh, I suppose if anyone comes through this podcast, I mean, we standard charge, I think 2.5K for a standard new build, full takeoff. Um, I'll give it to you guys for a thousand bucks. If Legend. you come through the podcast, easy. Why not? And the rest can go towards uh, Marty's Lambo fund. Perfect. All right. So we only we only need a hundred people to come through for that extra 100K. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. Nah, happy to do that. I think it's um yeah, like like uh there's a couple of guys that I've I've done pro bonos for before. Um they've done shout outs to me on Instagram and I think social media is crazy, man. That's another thing as well. If builders are looking to get literally free business, man, start making some fucking videos, eh? Start doing some storytelling, um, start showing a little bit behind the scenes, not just posting a finished product. Show the bullshit, show some of the problems. Um, people love that shit, eh? People get attached to it big time. That would Absolutely. be my two cents as well. So good. Hey, so before we wrap up, that's incredibly generous of you, David. You know, make All sure good, that you Happy days. get in touch with David. Uh, we've got some members using him. Uh, love his content on, on, online as well. So let's do a little bit of a recap because we covered a lot today. So, you know, big things that you should be looking out for if you're looking to improve your pricing process, your inclusions, your exclusions, your positioning of how you uh, talk about variations qualifying people in and out at the very beginning you shouldn't be quoting for free making sure that you're getting paid for your site visits and stuff at the very beginning how you get the reps on the board with your team so you understand what it takes and labor wise to do which is the biggest variable we're in a project um, the details and how accurately we can break it down how well we can work with a qs on providing them with as much detail and info pack as possible and then communication through a job what constitutes a variation what's included in this stuff, what's part of the scope of works and, you know, how many hours we allocated to this and is it, are we on track or off track sort of thing? What would be your like one main takeaway or biggest point that we would want to leave the audience with guys? What would be your main uh, pricing opportunity? Yeah, I, I would, I would just say, man, um, I think use, get like, if you're, if you know your business just does renovations or just new builds, like invest the time and money in a QS once into full detail but then i would just say like invest your time into learning how to price yourself like if we do it once for you the next time you do it it will take you you know less than half the time to do it again so 
I think invest once and then you've got the data, but try and learn from the data. Don't just fucking forward the spreadsheet off to someone else, to your clients. Learn, go through the data, figure it out and try and be able to reuse it again. That would be my advice. My point building on from David's is back cost in real time so you can dial in those labor hours to within 5%. That's going to be the number one biggest game changer in your business. Yeah, awesome. And my one from the stuff that we've seen would be you cannot make good money going in at a low margin to start with. You might as well start with some good meat on the bone and go from there. You can't run a profitable project when you start with no profit. Yeah, sweet as. And I know we forgot, um, yeah, Sir Volley's my biggest tennis consultant. So Marty, don't watch out, mate. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to have the Rapid QS TPB, you know, summer, summer. Summer slam. Summer slam. Perfect. I love it. Excellent. <laughs> love it, guys. Hey, David, appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, thank you, Marty, for joining. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a fantastic day. Cheers. See you later.